Welcome to Leading to Sales. My name is Brett. I will be your host today, and I am very excited. We have a very special guest, um, but before we get to that, can you believe we're already on the second week of January? I mean, 2021 is like coming and going fast, but um, today we have a very special guest. I'm so excited for you to hear from her because her background in marketing um, is not just in marketing. And the amazing part of that is that she brings so many different perspectives to the table when it comes to sales and marketing and even leadership here um, in really as we're going into some crazy times. And she's experienced a lot of crazy times. So Holly Qualman is going to be our guest and I will have her up right after this. Welcome to the Leading to Sales podcast. Every week, we're bringing you leadership, sales and marketing strategies to help you move your business forward. Here's our host, internationally known sales and marketing leader, Brett Williams. Hey, Holly, welcome to the show. Hi, Brett. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, um, but, you know, really just to do a quick intro, like I said, Holly and I actually met on LinkedIn, believe it or not, of all places, you know, the place that I practically feel like I live. And um, I saw her background and I thought, you know, this is just somebody who I feel like could add an enormous amount of value to the leadership, sales and marketing community really across the board because of the different um, backgrounds that she's had and the different things that she's seen. She, you have just recently taken over a different position. I'll let you intro that. Um, but for those of you who think, who may not be sure of uh, her street cred, if you will, she took over the position that she's in now right before the official COVID hit <laughs> and she's weathered the storm. So if you want to just introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about your background and, and we'll kind of roll from there. Yeah. Thanks, Brett. So um, my name is Holly Qualman. Um, I have been in the marketing realm for, oh, I don't want to date myself for a long time. Okay, there for a while. Um, I, I, I do have my degree, uh, my undergrad degree in uh, business marketing from University of Michigan. Um, I moved from there to a small software firm um, where I was the director of marketing there for, uh, for a couple of years. Um, and then at the same time as I was working there, I was also in, in fashion and media which is related, you know, very much related to oh, marketing. Yeah. But it was, uh, I, I have kind of two components to to my, I, I guess, skill set, and one of them is marketing and analytics, and the other one is art, uh, art and and writing. And so I kind of have that right left brain um, phenomena, if you will, um, that I've been able to over the years learn how to get them to work together. And I will say it takes practice to get them to work together. Um, so I was working in um, the magazine industry, a uh, fashion magazine industry as a photographer, as well as in marketing. Um, and um, that was, you know, an incredible uh, experience and uh, in one that I, I don't take for granted because a lot I know I recognize a lot of people don't get those the same, you know, kind of uh, opportunities as I did um, in such a you know predominant field such as such as um, high profile media. Yeah. Um, and then from there, I in 2009, I moved to Texas from Michigan. Um, I'm, those of you who survived 2009, I'm sure you all know 
<laughs> you know, what probably it was a doozy. <laughs> yeah, what probably drove that. Um, so I, I moved in, ironically, uh, next door to an air export manager of this company in logistics. And that, honestly, at that time, I didn't even know what the word logistics meant. I, I thought, I oh, oh okay, okay, I don't know what this has to do with marketing, but but we'll see. Um, and he invited me to interview at their company. Um, I went through three interviews, was brought in um, at a, you know, an entry level position, um, was not directly related to marketing. Um, but um, I, you know, at the time I thought of, oh, I'll just stay in this, you know, temporarily, and then I'll get back to doing what I normally, what, I, what I'm normally used to doing. Um, but it turns out that they actually had a kind of a career path set forward for me um, that led into like sales and marketing. And, yeah. you know, within my first three years, I was working back in the marketing type um, environment within the, within logistics. And I drank the juice, if you will, because when you when you get into marketing, you, it, it's kind of like or I'm sorry, you get into logistics. It's kind of like you go one of two ways. You either drink the juice and you and you. You end up loving it and staying with it, or you're kind of like, mm, this is just really not for me. Uh, and, you know, you go in a different direction. Uh, I definitely drank the juice, and I'm, I'm glad that I did because 12 years later, 10, 12 years, 10, 11 years later now, I am still in the same industry. Um, I have moved through my career. Uh, I would, again, I don't take it for granted. I'm very thankful um, for the opportunities that I've had uh, to advance. Uh, to where I am now, and I am the you know, vice president of marketing and client solutions for Apex Logistics International. So, that is so awesome. So, for those who may be tuning in who aren't as familiar with logistics, um, tell us. I mean, I, I could give a layman's definition, but just give us kind of a, a one one sentence definition of what a company like Apex Logistics is handling, what all you're doing in the industry. Yeah, that's a great question. So. Um, I work for what's considered a third-party logistics firm. Um, so we move business to business, air freight, ocean freight, domestic uh, cargo. We also have a warehousing and distribution um, division as well. So, uh, but really, if you look at the whole at a company's entire supply chain, and then it's we have the capacity to support companies. Uh, supply chain from beginning to end, um, essentially taking the work out of their hands and, and the, the labor intensive processes of processing those shipments, um, give them the, um, the advantages of um, reduced costs because with, with third freight or third, um, third party companies like we are, um, we're able to take our um, entire portfolio and, and, offer lower rates to the customer. So that's what we do. That's awesome. Yeah. So, and that's, you know, I think what a lot of people miss and don't realize, cause you know, it's easy to be a consumer in America and not even realize it, but everything that you have in your house that is a physical possession, most likely at some point came into contact with a logistics company. That's right. And so tell me, you know, you're, you've come in specifically to apex and I know you've got this long history of marketing. Um, but tell me a little bit about, your, what you've seen and, and some of the 
my mentor, Jeffrey Gittimer does not like it when I use the word pivot, but shifts that you've had to make because you came in in December of last year, or I'm sorry, year before last now, December of year before last. Um, Tell me about kind of how maybe things were before and and what you're seeing that's changed now. Well, in the industry, um, well, well, in marketing, sales and marketing in the industry. Sales and marketing. Okay. So, well, <laughs> the, the concept of, of going uh, virtual, entirely virtual, uh, I think in, in almost every industry, right? Um, and it's certainly um, logistics and supply chain is, is uh, not an exception to that. Yeah. Um, really caused a a new, at first, I think it was uncomfortable for a lot of salespeople, um, even marketers, right? It's like, wow, this is, we have to go from talking to, no, like traveling all the time and, tra- and talking to our customers and meeting with them and showing our, um, you know, our standard business plans and all these things to now we have to do this one-on-one um, in, you know, on this virtual platform where people are seeing what's going on in my life and background, you know, and, and it's, um I would say that the benefit of the fact that it happened to everyone is that everyone understood, right? Um, So that's customers and suppliers and us alike. Uh, But it certainly led to new new requirements in marketing because – now it's no longer printed flyers so much and, and, you know, things that you can, you can give people a, a marketing packet or, or, you know, here's, here's our, uh, our sales program. Um, but it's, it's presentation. It is, you know, what can you do on a discussional basis and how do you present yourself in a virtual, virtual platform? Um, and it is different. Yeah. I, I, I mean, we're very more, we're, we're much more self-aware of how we look and how we're presenting ourselves when we're sitting there staring at ourselves. <laughs> it's so true. So, you know, I, I, I call it, you know, virtual is vital and yeah. it's going to be vital through 2021. Um, and I would say it's going to be vital going forward. There are a lot of companies right now who have actually shut down certain, certain portions of, of their companies because they've recognized the, the cost savings that they have with, with people working virtual their yeah. own people working virtual. So um, a lot of it is not going to change and is not is foreseeably not going to change. You may you may be able to travel, you know, I think we're going to get back to traveling yeah. of course to visiting people, but certainly not to the level I think that it was uh just a year and a half ago. Well, and in, in my experience and exposure, so I'm, I'm a member of the uh, TMSA. I don't know if you're familiar with them at all, but it's the Transportation Marketing and Sales Association. Yeah. Um, and, and we're affiliate members with of them. And, and even in conversations that I've had with other members of that association, like seeing, I think there was a shock to a lot of the industry as to how much ground, that's, that's the PC way that I can put it, how much ground there was to cover when it came to digital. Yeah. I mean, have you seen that across a lot of your peers and things like that, where there's just kind of a, a little bit of catch up being played? Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> I would I would say logistics in general. The um, the logistics industry has historically been a little bit behind yeah. on the digital front. Yeah. And you know, it's been a uh, and and even on the marketing front. So we've True. kind of been. 
I guess in the past, you can say that that companies knew that they needed to ship freight, right? They knew yeah. who, to, who the big players were. They knew who to rely on. And so that there wasn't another uh, as much of a need for external marketing yeah. um, as there is now. And the external marketing also plays a fact in, in this like um, environment, this, this virtual environment now is the, the only method or means that you, we have to, you know, quote, promote and yes. to provide information is through virtual platforms. And that's social media. This is, you know, doing things like, like, um, you know, live broadcasts, yeah. uh, becoming thought leaders. Uh, all of these things uh, are newer in our yeah. industry. It's, it's not something that we have traditionally been really you know diving headfirst in but i'll tell you in in 2020 um really became a primary focus that we need to be sure that we are on the forefront of making sure that we are our brand positioning is out there through through just kind of putting our our information our content our uh, thought leadership all of these things you know right uh, and in the right places in strategic areas. And that's, that's been interesting on the technology side of things uh, aside too. And on top of it, um, you know, technology is in, in logistics is advancing rapidly. There yeah. are some you know, leaders uh, that do well in technology. Some um, are doing, you know, meeting more consumer demands on a, on a faster ratio. Um, I think that the ones that are going to be um, the most successful going forward are the ones that can both combine the um, technology as well as the execution. Thus far, in my observation uh, and my studies, and, and I, you know, I do quite a bit of uh, research in the market, we kind of had one, one or the other in, yeah. in, you know, in our field. We either have ones that are really great in the technology or, or are really advancing, but maybe the execution isn't that great. And then we have ones that are, the execution is great and the technology is catching up. Yeah. So um, companies that really move forward in providing and being able to marry both and get them get them to work together and, and yeah. can stay aligned, they're the ones that are, in, in my opinion, are going to be um, the forerunners in the industry. That's so true. And you know, what's to, to kind of make a disclaimer here, because I do have a lot of people that tune in are that are in the logistics industry, the old model of, of doing things. Yes, the there's no question that the transportation industry and the logistics industry was behind. But the reality is they were behind for a reason. And the reason was it wasn't it was the old school model of a handshake, a person face to face is what worked at yeah. that time. And, right. you know, there are so many industries that have found, okay, this, the way that we used to work, it's not going to work anymore. And we may have been ill prepared because we weren't thinking as much in the future. Um, right. But, you know, you talked about combining tech, tech and execution. So that was my, that was my disclaimer for all my logistics listeners. So I don't get like, just, dr just drug through the mud for the next six weeks. <laughs> um, you talked about combining technology and execution. Uh, I would love to hear you talk a little bit more about that because that's one of my biggest passions is combining that technology and execution. Do you, when you're talking about that, are you talking more on the, 
the technology meaning from the marketing standpoint and then the execution meaning from the service delivery or or what what was kind of in your mindset on that both so there's there's i think we think of technology in a couple different factors right technology and marketing is one i would say that that almost is is a standalone because the market customers who are moving freight don't necessarily care about what 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 tools you're using to market to them right they just they just want to know that you have credibility that that you have that you are uh, a reliable company, then you move their freight uh, yes. and, and you do it well. Um, the technology that the customers really care about, you know, when you're talking about sales, is what's going to make their process better, and that's that's the visibility portion of it. You know, what that is uh, providing them upstream options uh, for planning. You know, this is. We're no longer in the in the era of I'm just moving your freight from point A to point B. Okay, how fast can I get it there? It's now how well can I help you make your own process better, wow. right? And that is that's really the future. It's it's not even just the future. It's now. That's that's a demand now, and where a lot of technologies are, they're up and coming, but they're mm-hmm. still behind, right? So that's that's what I speak of on, on technology is, are you in real time? And wh- what I mean by real time is, I, I, I'm gonna even say five years ago, maybe uh, maybe a little longer than that. The the com- concept of real time was if you're updating every ten minutes or an hour, that was real time. Right now, <laughs> real time now is absolutely real time. Yeah. Right. So down to the like, anytime something happens, you want to be able to see it. And you want and um, flexibility in uh, meeting your customers and in, uh, individual needs. So, you know, every uh, vertical customer vertical has a different um, kind of standards of or- ordering uh, their order fulfillment process. So being able to be nimble to those different processes um, and provide the visibility. And I keep saying that, but v- visibility means Multitude, multitude of different things. It's okay. Can I track and trace on your website? Right? Um, are you going to give me the the specific details that my system needs? You know, us. You know, yeah. and that's EDI, API, all of these different things. Um, and how fast can you do it for us? Yeah. How often are you going to? Uh, how how much can you tailor to our needs? That's that's important. That's so. so cool. Yeah, it's you know, and so we we've we actually talked a little bit before the show, and we both share a love for Zig Ziglar, and it's that it's that old Zig Ziglarism, and I think he actually heard it from somebody else. I was listening to one of his audios the other day, and I think he actually quotes somebody as originally saying it, but I can't remember who. But he says all of your customers are only listening to one radio station, and it's W I I F M. What's in it for me? (laughs) (laughs) That is so true. No, it is. It really is. So how do you, as a, as a marketing leader, you've got so much that you have to present, if you will, in various medias and various platforms that you have to present to have the presence and to attract the right type of clients and leads Mm -hmm. and to position your sales team. How do you do that? I mean, across, across your various platforms and your marketing efforts, how do you present, yes, we're technology focused and we're not sitting in, you know, in the stone age, but also focused on integrations and we're, you know, we're able to execute. Like, how do you, you split all that focus? 
Well, I, you know, I wish I could say that there was a, a specific formula, you know, um, there really isn't, you know, every, and that, and that goes along with the concept or with the fact that every industry has a different, different needs. Every customer has different needs. So, so much of this, so much of marketing is listening. Okay. Is listening and knowing, uh, understanding, paying attention to what the market's really, really uh, looking for, um, listening to your current current customers, understanding what their um, you know black holes are in in their needs and visibilities. How can we meet those? Um, so it's not a specific formula, right? Yeah. We if a com- if a company says I need I need to know that your technology is top is top notch, or you're going to provide me this 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 and this. How I look at it as a as a marketer is okay. Can we put that to that solution together? How quickly can we do it, and how valuable will it will it be for them? Yeah. Um. So it's tailored. Now yeah. you're probably going to wonder how do you tailor a solution right to every single different different account? Well, you set up your technology to be able to be that nimble. Yes. So that's how that's where those you have those two components right you have your technology and uh you have your execution and your technology needs to be nimble to be able to be to execute yes that is so true i do see that we have we have a lot a live question and i'm going to get to that in a moment because we're i think we're going down a, a really good rabbit trail if you will or rabbit hole um one of the things that you talked about and it struck a thought for me and i, and I think given your experience i would love to get your perspective on this i, I talked to a lot of of marketers, of professional corporate marketers who are very focused on the end customer of their organization, which I think is is absolutely critical. Um, but one of the, the things that I have been talking to a few other people about here lately is realizing that as, a, as marketing, or as if you will, as a marketing department or as a leader in marketing, you're kind of sandwiched because you're, you have, you really have two customers in my opinion. You have your external customers, and then you have your internal sales customers. And what I've and I've talked to a couple of C-suite, um, a couple of people in C-suite of larger corporations. They've talked about this feeling like it's a growing divide between sales and marketing. And and my opinion, well, I'm, I'm not even going to give my opinion until after you, after you answer the question. What have you seen of that, and what have you maybe done to 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 close that divide some? No, you're absolutely right. I'm, and I'm smiling because I, I did, I literally just put together a presentation that, that outlines specifically uh, marketing, internal and external marketing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> exactly. So it's, um, again, not a formula, right? It's sales, they have their, they have a very clear objective, right? That they're, their job is to is to you know close deals, yes. okay? and they know that they need they need to interface with the customer. They're going to close deals. Marketing, um, I I used to use this this term, and I should probably bring it back. I consider it the engine. Okay, so you have sales, and you have then your marketing team. That's the engine that's driving sales. So they don't need to work. They they don't necessarily need to be. Um, divergent from each other right but they are separate in in many ways they they are different they have different parts of the process 
but you think of it, the whole thing is a marketing process yes. from beginning to beginning the marketing to the conversion of the sale. Right. So yeah. if you, if you think of it that way, it's easier to digest how the marketing component will fit into your internal, um, uh, internal sales or internal marketing, yeah. because you really do have to be, and I keep using this word nimble as a marketer to what are, what do your sales sales teams, customers need? So you do have to think about that end customer. Yeah. You have to think, but you also think backwards on that to your internal customer. Who is that salesperson? Okay. Yeah. That salesperson. Um, but it's not just salespeople. And I'll get that to get to that in a second. Um, what does that salesperson know more about your, their end customer than you do? So it's, it's a line. Okay. Yeah. It's marketer, salesperson and customer. Okay. Yeah. So you can't think of it in a, I know more about your end customer because I've done the, the market research. It's what do you know about your customer that I can help you with? Yes. So that's how I look at that. But again, um, it's not just the sales people that, that are, at, that are internal customers as well. It's, it's your product team. So, I mean, custom, um, I'm sorry, not customers, but, uh, marketing is, it's not as, as well, promoted, but it's an absolute fact that marketing is an is and should be a heavy component of product development. Yes. So uh, and those are also your internal customers. So if product go ahead. I'm looking oh, no, there's a there's a book on my bookshelf or I thought it was on my bookshelf. I may have it in a bag because I use it so much. And you yeah. probably you've probably studied him just as much as I have with as much time as you spent as you spend in marketing. But Seth Godin, the book This is Marketing. That's what I'm thinking about whenever you're talking about your product team being another internal customer. Yeah. So it, you know, whereas, you know, marketers don't, the marketing team doesn't necessarily need to lead the product development. They should absolutely be involved because through that relationship with the internal, internal uh, um, customer and the external customer that the marketer had really holds the, the key to tell, to support the product developers and the product leaders in how to tailor that product to ensure that they're meeting the goals in the end. So it's a, yeah, that's so, when you're, when you're in, cause you're, you're in being a leader in your organization, especially, you know, in that marketing position, I know so many marketers struggle with this. How do I please everybody or how do I get everybody on board? Um, and I'm a, I'm one of those that, and I know it's a little bit vague and, and some people, you know, gripe at me for this, but it's, it, to me, it really just boils down to communication and connecting mm -hmm. internally. But what do you do as a leader to make sure that that's happening across your team and that you are really kind of inserting yourself into those conversations that are taking place? Well, it's easy. <laughs> Absolutely. It sounds, it's, okay. Maybe, maybe it's, it sounds easier than it really is, but we're salespeople, right? In the end, marketers, salespeople. So yep. I sell internally by saying, I'm here to help you. I want, what are your goals and your, and your, what's your end objective and how can I help you get there? It's very so, easy to get, to become adopted and, and to be accepted when they know that you're there to help them. It's, I'm not, I'm not here to tell you what to do. I'm here to help you get to your goal. It is so true. And I just put up on the screen, 
your favorite Zig Ziglar quote that you shared with me. Um, and I'll let you read it because it's your favorite quote of his. So, I mean, it's, it's just so perfect. I've always said everyone is in sales. Maybe you don't hold the title of salesperson, but if the business you are in requires you to deal with people, you, my friend, are in sales. That's so perfect. I can hear I can I can hear his Yazoo City, Mississippi Southern drawl in my head <laughs> as you're saying it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's it, it's so perfect. Um, so you know, you like you said, you've you've really got this varied background and you've come from logistics. So what we'll do real quick is we're gonna go ahead and handle or we're gonna go ahead and get Tom's question up here. And I don't you you may have you know gone deep on this or not, but Tom is asking. Do you have, do you feel that when the port congestion and container and equipment shortage will last, you have any idea? Have you, have you looked into that? Oh, I would say that our, our experts in, in those areas that are, that are focused in that specific yeah. area are more, are going to be more equipped to answer that question. I, I will say that it is from the exposures that I've had on that front. Um, it's, it's going to be a while. And I, I mean, I know that doesn't really give you a lot of, you know, insight, like as far as dates and times, but I, I would say that if you, if we want to real, relate it to pandemic time, um, I would say at least until the pandemic is, is has become less and less of a, um, a, an issue in the market and in, and in the globe in general, that we're probably going to be dealing with that. But poor congestion, poor congestion has been an issue forever, you know? Yeah, it so really it, has. <laughs> This, this is not really new. It's become a little bit more of an issue, you know, through through this. But you know, we gotta we gotta bear some some you know reality in mind that that it, it, it will always be there to some degree. Uh, it's just the the level of it that that's going to be um, um, more prominent now and for and for a little while. Yeah, that's so true. Now you have one of the things that I have seen and and talking to a lot of people in logistics right now. Um, is that in the logistics arena, since really since COVID hit and everybody's at home, everybody, you know, the, the level of freight has gone through the roof and, and the inventory of availability to move that freight has really kind of dro- have, has dropped significantly because yeah. it's not a mu- there's not as much passenger traffic and things like that. And so what I've heard a lot about is there being this huge demand with a very low supply. And so how have you and, and Apex, how have you all shifted your marketing and sales practices given that you've, I'm sure you're probably just inundated right now and it's probably just all you can do to keep up. Um, yeah. How have you seen that shift? Because there, there are people that are right now are, that are marketing during this, to them, you know, COVID and the, the global pandemic has, has been the best thing that's ever happened to their business. And then there are other people who are, who are on the other other end, and I'm not downplaying either of those, but how have you all shifted? Because really the logistics industry as a whole is in this boom right now. Well, I, I can't take, a, I can't take all the credit for, for, um, for our company's ability to shift. I'll tell you, we, we already came into the, into the, I guess the pandemic situation with a, um, a product that, that, suddenly became a a massive um, surge in demand. And that is a capacity on air uh, charter air freight space. 
Yeah. Um, you know, we arguably, gosh, we we arguably uh, control uh, the mo vast majority of the Trans-Pacific on the charter air freight. Uh, and, you know, as, as um, passenger airlines, as you mentioned, you know, they were not moving quite a bit yeah. for a while. Um, you know, it's starting to pick up a little bit more now. Um, it, ocean, you know, that was interesting. Yeah, to say the <laughs> least. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we, we were able to um, inject ourselves through our core competency on that front pretty easily. And I can't, again, I can't, I can't take personal credit for that, but I can say that we really prioritized that in, in, in our marketing strategy. So we recognize very quickly, we have what everybody needs. Okay. So we capitalized that on that. We, we published um, very early on. I think we were the first one, the first ones uh, to publish um, the ability to move PPE. And this was way back when, I think this was in March. So when this thing first started becoming a, a, like a, an issue and everybody was like, was still in the, oh my gosh, you know, what are we going to do? Everything is a mess. Um, and everything was really depressing. I mean, things still are depressing, but you know, back then people just, it, it was so uncertain. Yeah. Um, and I really saw that as an opportunity. I said, you know what, we're, we're really working uh, and have already been in um, providing uh, transport for personal protective equipment, even before you know people realize realize way before people realize that that was kind of something that was going to be a really big deal. Yeah. Um, and so I, you know, contacted a um, and some news uh, organizations, and even they said wow, you know, I didn't, I didn't even really think of PPE as, as a positive thing, like, like being able to do this. This is the first time that they had thought of it. Everybody at the time was, was really looking at PPE, like, uh, oh my gosh, we're, nobody has any, we're, we've got such a problem. It was, it was all just a very depressing thing. And I said, you know what, we're going to change. I want to change the perspective of this. I want to change this as we're going to help the world get PPE. And this is how we're doing it. Um, and then it was almost like a boom, 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 boom. Thereafter, you just, all of a sudden you saw um, other forwarders, other companies, and even now, still, people are talking about all the things that 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 they're doing to, you know, be uh, philanthropic uh, on this front for the world of what they're providing and what they're able to do with the vaccines now. So, um, I kind of I kind of take a little bit of pride on that one because I feel like we. You know, whether on a small scale or a large scale, we, we kind of pioneered the the shift of that perspective. Yeah, that is so cool. So you 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 said something there that that there's two things. I, I guess that's my number today is two. Um, the first thing is what I love about what you're talking about is number one, and this is this is not me blowing smoke. She's not paying me to to say this. She's not sending me twenty dollars on Cash App after this. <laughs> but what you're what you just told me was that you as, as a leader in marketing, you had the vision of what the possibilities were, and then you had the response time to execute on it. And I think that that is so critical given our current environment, because tomorrow we have no idea what's going to be coming down the line. And if you don't have a visionary leader 
that is that is leading your marketing organization that can respond quickly and you're you've given them the leeway to respond quickly then you you're going to end up and I don't know why we keep getting back to this as Zig Ziglar says getting cooked in the squat and if you don't know what that means go look it up cuz you'll <laughs> you'll enjoy that story as Zig says um, so one of the things that you mentioned, and I, and I know that Apex or what you said was that Apex has some warehousing capabilities that y'all, so y'all have the asset side of the warehouses, right? We do. Yes. How, what have you all seen in the vaccine distribution? And I know you're probably not the expert on this, but it's just, it, it's a curious question for me because I know that a lot of these vaccines have to be kept at least what I've heard is sub zero and in like these crazy, you know, ridiculous freezers and things like that. Um, How have you all, I mean, number one, there's a philanthropic side of it, of making sure that everybody gets this vaccine, but how have you all positioned yourself as a company and how have you pivoted with that? Well, that's a really, really great question. So, you know, this clearly, and this goes without being said, there's a, not just a high demand, you know, to be able to, you know, um, get the transportation out to the people. But there's also the political aspect of it where you've got only certain um, people yes. you know, are able to get the vaccine right now. There is still not quite enough vaccine out there yeah. um, to be able to transport. Now, now we, um, you know, our company is, uh, we, we specialize actually in, um, temperature control. So, yeah, so we're very, we're, we're, we're very prepared for, you know, when our, when our um, time comes, if you will, to, yes. to, to become involved in that. We've, we've, we've been involved already up until this point um, and actually not, not until through this point and, and uh, still going um, in the PPE in, in um, providing a critical, uh, components of vaccine-related items. Yeah. So, um, I, I would say that the companies that are that are already kind of like us, you know, yeah. well prepared on the um, uh, temperature-controlled side of not just warehousing and distribution, but also transportation, yeah. are, are the most well-positioned. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, there's the, the, um, I think logistical plan is, is, is fairly organized and set up in terms of how it's going to be distributed and when things are going to be distributed. Yeah. Um, so like I said, we will, we, we are prepared for that, uh, for when our calling on that is, uh, is made. Um, we are already, again, still in, still well involved in, in that <laughs> um, so but you know I would say from, from a dynamics standpoint it, it's really those that, that are already set up not a lot not a lot of companies uh, and forwarders um, necessarily have played in that uh, area yeah. so those of us that have that niche are going to be are, are going to be able to to support on that front and because, because I would say some some of the companies that are are you know like like us and other other large forwarders, um, I think that we're the transportation and delivery 
of the vaccine is going to happen timely um, yeah. and, and when it's supposed to. So yeah. Yeah. that's so it's awesome. a matter of patience for all for all of us that are that are waiting for the vaccine. It's like, okay, <laughs> when are we all going to be approved? Yeah, so. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And it's, it, it's very interesting the way that it's all being done from a, from a, no pun intended from a logistical standpoint, but um, yeah. So, I mean, like we kind of started off um, and I want to just hit this real fast um, before we start to kind of wind up, you started out not in the logistics industry. You started off in an industry that was much more marketing heavy. I mean, really the fashion and the media industry their lifeblood is marketing and they know it. Um, so uh, coming from that industry and into logistics, what are some of the differences that you've seen that um, on both sides, you know, both, both pros and cons and what have you, what do you think that that, how has that positioned you in a unique manner to be able to rise through the ranks? Cause you've really risen, you know, you've started that entry level and now you're the VP of, uh, marketing and I don't have your exact title in front of me, but you're basically, you're the VP of marketing, um, for a large international logistics company. So for those that are in that process that are just kind of grinding out that marketing career and they're, they're starting out, I, I would love to hear your perspective. Well, I would say that, um, my, I guess, comp personal competitive advantage is that because I worked in that, in that other space, I worked on the other side. So I know what the um, media and the uh, magazines and um, all of those companies are are looking for already. You know, I know what attracts them to stories, to content, to 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 companies, and um, and because of that, I've been able to take that knowledge and apply that to now I'm working on the other side where I am the marketer. I I, I am the the company that is. Uh, seeking out advertising uh, and I've um, 